You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 92. Well, it's Mark and Kevin back for another week of absolute chaos. And you know what, listeners, you might hear, you know, some noise in uh, in the background from my mic. I'll try and, and mute it throughout the show, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you, you look at it. My kids are with me. It's the school holidays, and uh, someone's got to take care of them. But we're not going to let the show go without being done. We're just going to let them play on the iPads, watch a couple of movies, and hopefully they'll be quiet. I've promised them ice cream later. Plus, we get to play Epic Mickey on the Wii if they're good afterwards. So uh, <laughs> that's that's my day pretty much summarized. How's your Sunday going, Kevin? Uh, my Sunday's going fairly well. I'm watching uh, here in America. It's the uh, first round of the uh, playoffs, what's called Wild Card Weekend for American football. And so far, none of the teams I wanted to win have won. That's not helping things any. But other than that, right now I'm rooting for the uh, Washington Deadskins to lose. So uh, much to the chagrin of many of the people I work with because they can't stand the fact that I'm not a Deadskin fan. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been a quiet, it's been a restful weekend. I haven't had to do a whole much. I took down the last Christmas tree. I had to go over to my mom's and take down a Christmas tree, and I took a couple of the kids with me to help. So that was uh, that was the excitement that and going to the landfill yesterday were the uh, big things. You, and then, you didn't take the Christmas tree to the landfill, did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Put it in the box. But I mean, after unpacking and doing all that stuff, I had another uh, pickup truck load full of uh, trash and then cardboard for recycling and all that stuff. So I had quite a I had quite a load. So we. Uh, we dropped that off and then uh, went across town and I uh, took down my mom's tree, packed it all up, put it away. What was really funny was my, I asked my daughter to go out and get the box out of the garage. And knowing your fear of things, I'll tell you this. She goes out, she started, and the box is empty, so it weighs nothing. She picks it up and all of a sudden, ah! It was a spider. I think it was a dead one already, but she was screaming bloody. Oh, look, I've got to tell you, it doesn't matter if it's dead or if it's alive. It's still a goddamn spider. You know what? We've got some prehistoric bugs. I mean, where we were before, it was only five minutes down the road and a different part of the bush. And we're in a bushland shire here in Sydney. So we sort of understand that there's going to be bugs and lizards. And we've got a very cool blue tun lizard that's actually made a home under the shed. Um, really nice little fella. I, I like reptiles. Reptiles and me. Snakes, lizards, not a problem. The... Um, but the spiders, oh my god, they have the size of your hand. And I'm not talking about a woman's hand, a, a child's hand. I'm talking about a man's hand and a big man's hand. They are massive. And, and this spider, uh, last night, Gretel was trying to, to sort of spray it. It was up, uh, you know, on the wall of, of, of the uh, the back porch. And uh, it fell down after she sprayed it and it scurried across the back porch. I've never seen a spider move so quickly. These are like super super spiders i mean have kevin have you ever seen i know you've probably seen arachnophobia you know what it's one of my favorite movies but one of my most terrifying movies and but eight-legged freaks the one with the really Uh, big spiders and and so forth and they take over that's kind of the 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 spiders that we've got we've got those massive spiders (laughs) maybe not quite that big that's a little bit of an (laughs) over-exaggeration But boy, when they're, they're coming at you, or when you're naked in the, the bathroom and they're running around in circles because they're as scared of you as, as you are of them, oh boy, it's, it's not a nice 
Nice and thin. And the problem with Huntsman's, they're big chickens. When it rains, they want to come inside. When it gets too hot, they want to come inside. It's like, you didn't build this house. You're not paying the bills. Get out. Oh. I, I don't know. I'm now, now I've got this mental picture in my mind of you running around naked in the bathroom with the spider running around naked in circles. And I think I may <laughs> retch a little bit here. Oh. You know what? There's a little bit too much jelly in the belly bouncing around in that imaginary uh, kind, of, kind of story. So, <laughs> now, look, surprisingly, even though I absolutely hate spiders, I honestly don't know why I, I dislike spiders. It's one of those things that I often think about after I've seen one and, and you get the, the sort of uh, hairs on the back of your neck standing up and you sort of feel like there's one on you all the time for half an hour afterwards. And there hasn't been an event in my life where I should have been scared of spiders. Um, you know, I've always lived in areas where we've had spiders Huntsman's, unfortunately, you know, as I was growing up, you'd wake up and, oh, yeah, there they are in the corner of the ceiling. So you'd have to go and deal with them. Don't like it, but that's the way it is. This is, unfortunately, a country where we let our wildlife grow absolutely insane. And then, you know, the the uh, Huntsman's worst enemy is the, the rolled up Australian newspaper. Boom. Um, but... <laughs> uh, but, you know, I really don't know why I'm scared of spiders. It's one of those phobias that I was, I've was i never been bitten by one. I've never had one crawling on me. I've never had one in in my bed or anything like that. I don't know. I, I really can't pinpoint why I'm petrified of them. And I'm just sort of wondering, people with fears and with phobias, because, you know, I've got a very common one. A lot of people are scared of spiders and, and bugs. Um... But other people have other phobias. And it's sort of interesting to wonder, well, what caused that that sort of phobia? Um, you know, is it is it something that, you know, is real or is it something that's not real? I just, you know, how, how did it start? Yeah, it's 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 strange. I I'm I'm not real fond of spiders. You know, I'm not terrified, really terrified of them, but I'm, I'm not fond of them. But now I know you said you don't mind snakes and reptiles. Yeah. No, thank you. The only good snake's a dead snake. <laughs> I do not like snakes. I I it's just like I watch these animal shows and they're down in Florida. They're talking about um the uh, they keep the boas that are out in the wild down there. Mm-hmm. Boa constrictors. These giant boa constrictors. And they're going into rescuing them. I'm going, why are you rescuing them? They're not native. Kill them. <laughs> Kill them. Feed them to the gators. Get them. Uh, and so that, that's what I'm looking at. I'm hoping that we get a few snakes this summer. I hope it dries out and we get a few snakes in the garden because maybe they'll get rid of my bush cockroach and my, my big huntsman problem. And, and you know, we've got bush cockroaches. And, you know, they're different than the ordinary small cockroaches. These things are massive. I'm, I don't know. Imagine your set of car keys. <clears throat> And your main key that you put into the ignition, that would be the length of them. So they're pretty big, and then the, the width of their body is about half the size of their length. They're big, they're ghastly, they run quick as well. I mean, you know, we, we are in a bushland shire, but, well, you know, it's like camping in the wilderness at my place. It's, you know. I, 
you know what I think you need a semi-automatic BB gun so that you can kill them. <laughs> <laughs> spray spray them and kill the little buggers. Uh, trust me, I, I've been I, I've got this this big industrial uh, thinner spray, um, which is uh, by one of the uh, it's a company called Mortine. I don't know if you guys have it in the US or not. But it's um, basically spider bug killer, all that kind of stuff. And I'm there and I'm spraying away. And then when I see a spider, it's like, ha <laughs> You know, and I, I, I spray it and it's like, I, I'm murdering these spiders like nothing else, Kevin. I just, you know, I'm a mass murderer of spiders and bugs. Well, don't, don't you have anything down there? I know there are, at least in this country, you can, you can put down chemical barriers to keep them away. Well, this, this is you... kind of a chemical barrier where you spray it in corners and crevices and, and different areas. And then they, they don't come near, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But these huntsmans, yeah, unless you spray it directly on them, they just keep going past. The, the smaller spiders, we've got white tails as well. Uh, they're fine. The big bush bull ants, I mean, you've never seen an ant as big as the ants we've got out in the yard. It's like, holy crap, you know, that, that thing's just massive. I, 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 I swear we're on like I, I swear this property is built on a, a previous wasteland of of, um, <laughs> of nuclear testing or, or, or something but just simply because the bugs are so bloody big you know they're just absolutely massive well you know something I've used against ants and works very well you might want to you ever heard of diatomaceous earth no it's, ba- it's basically ground up bone meal and so when anything that has an exoskeleton, if you pour it and they try to walk through it since they have exoskeleton, it cuts the exoskeleton. Huh. So it's like, it's like them walking on huge pieces of glass. Huh. So it cuts and then, of course, they die, you know, they bleed to death or whatever the hell the things do. But if, when we've had ant troubles before, we sprinkled that down there and they cannot get through that stuff. It just cuts their, sh- their bodies all up since it's an exoskeleton uh, type of creature. That's interesting. I have to try and chase that up and see if I can get some. You know what else is interesting? I swear these huntsmen are from another planet. I swear they're extraterrestrial huntsmen. You squish them and they bleed green ooze. And I'm Mm. not talking about just ordinary green. I'm talking about fluoro green ooze. Not a sign of red blood anywhere. Now, I don't know enough about spiders and what runs through their veins, but that, to me, is a foreign, absolutely foreign creature. It's like, no! That's, uh, that now, cannot be normal. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of insects in this country, anyway, that when you squish them, you get green and brown yeah. ooze and stuff yeah. out of them. But, you know, that makes me think of... Uh, like, you Kevin, I'm, about I'm getting itchy. <laughs> That makes me think of the old story. It said, uh, uh, you driving down the road and a bug hits your windshield. Do you know what the last thing to go through that bug's mind is? What? His asshole. (laughs) 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 That's a good one. I've never heard that one before. Uh, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> oh, please put that on Twitter so I can retweet it. That's a funny one. <laughs> oh uh, my god, that's just that's too funny. 
Oh, jeez. And my jokes have made it across the world. <laughs> they certainly Even have. Fat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what? On that note, I think we'll change gears so that I don't get freaked out because I'm already feeling like, you know, there's spiders all around and, you know, I'm having to have a look around, make sure there's nothing crawling. And unfortunately, above my desk, I've got one of these air vents uh, that goes in, into the outside. Which is really good because it allows the heat to escape, it allows fresh air in, all that kind of stuff. The only problem is the spiders and the roaches come through there as well. So, you know, we've got to spray what's, that what's that, on, what's that on the top Kevin, of your headphone? Kevin, shut up. <laughs> Don't do that to me. I can see, see, I can see in the little window. I can see. Kevin's teasing me, listeners. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna silence Kevin for a minute. We're gonna go and uh, listen to the man no. who shall remain. See, you ruined it for the man who shall remain nameless. I was giving him a good run in, and you had to press the button. <laughs> Trust me, man who shall remain nameless it was Kevin's fault. We blame Kevin. Anyway, this is the man who shall remain nameless giving us some feedback on last week's episode. So take a listen. And we'll discuss it when he's finished. It goes for a little bit of time, which is good because you know the you know it means Kevin and me don't have to talk for as long, and you don't have to get bored with us. That's what he said towards the end of it. Anyway, if you can put up with him, listen now. If not, fast forward five minutes, and you'll be good. Hi, Mark and Kevin. It is he who shall remain nameless. Sorry, I'm on my iPhone, and I don't have my special effects with me now. Regarding vinyl, vinyl is cool, man. I mean, I grew up with vinyl. Everybody did. I don't see the point in collecting CDs. That seems kind of pointless to me. There's nothing nostalgic about CDs. They're very limited. You know, you have this disc. Do you remember driving in your car and having a CD player and you had to have a bundle, basically a book of CDs, and then you had to fumble around and get the one you wanted? Now you plug in your iPhone and you have your entire music collection there. So... CDs worthless. Collecting vinyl is pretty cool. I could I could go for that. As far as Twitter and monotasking, yeah, I think taking time out and disconnecting is massively important. And it gives you time to think. It gives you time to be you. It gives you time to let stuff bubble up in your brain. Aside from spending time with loved ones, which obviously is, you know, way more important than being on the internet. But when you're constantly on the internet, you're kind of a consumer of pseudo-random bits of information rather than sitting down and letting a whole concrete idea gel or coming up with a new idea or something like that. It's just a different... You know, people need solitude now and then. They also need time to spend with their families where they're focused on the people, not the not the internet while they're with people. So yeah, both for yourself and for you know, people that you have relationships with, you have to unplug once in a while. I treat Twitter, the way I treat it is, uh, Kevin called it a river, I call it a fire hose. Every now and then I'll just kind of stick my face in front of the fire hose and catch a few tweets, but I can't keep up with everything that everybody I follow says. I do try to get the ats and the direct messages, and and then I try and, you know, see what's interesting going on within some given time frame of when I check it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to catch the whole thing. I'm, I'm going to miss a ton of stuff every day and that's fine. 
I'm going to miss way more than I get, and that's fine. It has to be that way. Now then, you guys were talking about Macs, Mac Mini, but anyway, kind of, I don't know why, but here's what I've been thinking about my Mac recently. I, As you know, I like iOS devices. I love them. I use them way more than my Mac, primarily because I just don't have time to sit in front of my Mac all day, and because I also like them. The thing that I do like about the Mac, though, is that you have direct access to the Unix operating system underneath. So yes, it's a great computer to use, has a great UI, it has all kinds of great software available for it. I love using my Mac way more than using Windows, just for using it, just for doing things with it, editing photos, even browsing, you know, whatever. But I think if anybody has a Mac and they're not just digging into the Unix underneath, they're, it's a shame. We have Macs right now that we can completely do whatever we want with the operating system we can learn to script. We can do shell scripts. We can, like, you know, I've been, I've written some shell scripts recently to manage my web hosts. You know, back up all my files, back up the databases, pull them all down. Just little stuff like that. Why not? We don't know what the future of the Mac's going to be. I assume that forever we'll be able to get at Unix on the Mac if we want to. We'll be able to get at the core operating system, but I don't know that. Maybe we won't. I think we should take advantage of it now while we can. And I just feel like every Mac owner out there that's not learning how to... I mean, you've got Python, you've got Ruby, you've got shell scripts. All that stuff is built in. And it just seems kind of too bad not to use it. You've got the terminal to do whatever you want with. You can do things that you do every day in the Finder in the terminal. You can learn how to automate stuff. I don't know. It just To me right now, that's the most interesting aspect of the Mac is digging into that kind of stuff and taking advantage of something that is much different than the iOS devices where I can't do that. So you implored Mark Shepard to open the box. And I'm going to implore everybody who owns a Mac to open the terminal and start getting familiar with Unix. Unix shell, Unix commands, write some stuff, maybe learn some Python, maybe learn some uh, you know, Perl or Ruby or whatever, and, and just have fun. It's all there for you. Apple just gives it to you. Why not use it? Anyway, this is He Who Shall Remain Nameless going on and on and on for five minutes. But this, at least the way I look at it is it's five minutes of the podcast that your listeners don't have to listen to you guys. Uh, did I just say that out loud? Okay, bye. Okay, so there was his feedback. And uh, <clears throat> you know what? I understand the whole concept that he said there's no point in collecting CDs. But I beg to differ. Although, you know what? I was amazed that he actually said vinyl's cool. You know, I think there's just something nostalgic about it. Something that we all remember, especially at a certain age from our childhoods. And even the younger generations, they're going, man, you know, holding something physical is really cool. Being able to look at it's really cool. You know, and it very much depends on how you listen to music. But I've got a couple of albums here that I've been picking up recently on CD. And I want to explain why... CD collecting, to me, is equal to collecting on vinyl. Number one, there's not as much... Uh, I don't want to say... As, it's a little bit harder still to get vinyl, you know, and, and not every artist is putting out collectible uh, vinyl collections and so forth. One that I've got is uh, Ice House, or actually uh, they were called Flowers and they changed their name to... 
um, Ice House after a, a complication with an international band. Uh, they're an Australian band, one of Australia's best and longest running, and it's the 30th anniversary. And it's, you know, in a fold-out digi case, which is really nice. And the inner section is an re- exact replica of the LP Gatefold album, which is awesome, absolutely awesome. But where this differs, number one, this is, you can still get it on LP secondhand, but they didn't re-release in the 30th anniversary the LP version of this. So you can't get it on LP. The second thing is, on disc two, you get a whole live album. So you're actually getting a two disc. And then disc three, you're getting a DVD of their their concerts and live shows around that era. Um, So that's something that you can't get with the LP collecting. Now, if I went on iTunes to get this, I could get disc one and disc two, which is the, the album and then the live album but I couldn't get the DVD with the concerts. So, you know, a band I'm interested in, I definitely want to have that extra content. And having the Digi Pack is just cool. Um, the next one is the uh, Foo Fighters Wasting Light album. Absolutely awesome album. Now, the Foo Fighters uh, have released this album on LP, which is good. But one interesting thing about the Digi Pack on the uh, the Foo Fighters album is you actually get because they recorded this on analog audio in Dave Grohl's garage, and you actually get the a slice of the original film that they used for the master recording. Cool. They destroyed the master recordings and put a slice of film in each. Now the the equivalent length and the the speed that it goes through the uh, the tape deck the reel-to-reel that they used, that would be like, you know, one cymbal, one drum beat, something like that. You know what I mean? Actually, a few people have, have sort of pondered the idea of if all the uh, <clears throat> Foo Fighters fans got together, could we actually reattach them all and actually make the album reel-to-reel? So that's an interesting thing. So something like <laughs> Kevin's rolling his eyes, shaking his head. But that's something cool that I know is not in the vinyl copy. So that, that, that's pretty groovy there. Um, you know, and I, I've got a few other examples as well, but I, I won't bore listeners because that's what my, uh, my next show, all about music, is going to be. Hopefully we'll get that recorded in the next few weeks. So, you know, you get a lot of additional benefits out of collecting CDs. Now, if I look at something like, um, what am I looking at recently? I'm trying to think of something... Uh, I don't know why White Snake comes to to mind, but say White Snake's 1987 album. Well, that in 2008 had a collector's edition, you know, nice digi-packed fold-out. Today, it's just back to its standard, you know, standard album in the case, boring as hell. That's when I turned to iTunes and, and go and buy it on iTunes if it was cheaper. So I'm not collecting the standard, hey, here's a CD... You know, in a standard case, let's just put it in the CD player and listen to the music. I'm collecting the DigiPack, the collector's editions, that offer something that iTunes with digital distribution or the LP version doesn't offer. Um, So I'm not necessarily doubling up. I'm just buying what I perceive to be the best way to get it. Uh, Aerosmith's new album is another good example. Uh, Music from Another Dimension. Their CD DigiPack, you know, has bonus interviews that aren't uh, on the iTunes version of it. And the LP, of course, doesn't have any uh, video content. 
So, it, you know, it's just one of those things that you've got to pick and choose, and uh, that's why I've gone into collecting CDs. So that's to answer uh, Scott's uh, thing there. Um, the other interesting thing was he uh, he called out everyone to actually start using Unix and start using um, the terminal and, and so forth in the Mac a little bit more, uh, which is pretty cool, I must admit. You know, that's not a bad way to, to actually use technology. There's a lot of power there, a lot of fun there. But, you know, I, I just can't... Every time I open the terminal, I just watch a Star Wars... I just watch Star Wars and you hope. Why do you do that when you open the terminal? Because you can watch Star Wars and text formation, Kevin. Oh, 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 I know. Okay, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? what that, that joke worked better on Not Another Mac podcast this week, actually, because uh, Alistair, actually, uh, Alistair and David, who were on, knew exactly what I was talking about, and it got laughs. You let me down, Kevin. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. You know, when I open Terminal, and the uh, because I, I always, I mean, I grew up at the command prompt. I mean, I go back to mainframes mm-hmm. and many computer systems where you worked at the at the CLI. And, I, you know, it's funny. Every once in a while, just for, and, and this really comes out in the geekiness in me, is I'll open a, a Terminal window, and I'll, I'll start running top. You know what I'm talking about, top in the Unix command? It shows yes. all the, the activities yes. that are running on your system. Uh, yeah. I'll just sit there and let it run and just watch it run in the, <laughs> the terminal. When two or three hours, it'll just enthrall me like a movie. I'll just, ah, there it is. It's running, you know, and watch all the processes going back and forth. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and that is what Kevin calls entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's what I call that and honey boo boo is what I call entertainment. Oh, uh, bugger, I didn't have the mute switch. <laughs> Slid that one in on you, didn't I? You sure did. Oh, you know what? I, I've, you know, I've got to. I've got to do closer uh, editing, actual actual chopping, and, and so forth. But I'm too lazy to do that, so it'll stay in the show. You know, you were talking about the the great thing. Back to your CDs thing. I have some. I mean, you you know, I don't have a large music collection. Mm-hmm. I but I do have CDs. I have some upstairs. Don't listen to them all that often, but I still do. And I don't think I've bought a CD since the mid-80s, I think, was the last time. Or maybe the late-80s was the last time I bought a CD. I don't wow. remember. <laughs> now, I bought up, now, I bought them for other people in the family. I won't mm-hmm. say I haven't bought them, but, sure. but I bought them for other people. But uh, I think I mentioned it before. A couple of years ago, my wife got me a turntable for Christmas because I still have a lot of vinyl, like Scott was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, if I could reach it, I would go over and show you my Partridge Family album. That I, that I and I, you know, you started talking about the extras. I remember there was one Partridge Family album I got when I was a kid because I was really into the Partridge Family when I was a kid, partially because of Shirley Jones because she was she was very good looking. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> um, but there was one that came. It was called the Shopping Bag Album, if I remember correctly, and it actually came with a little Partridge Family shopping bag inside the album. Oh, that's <laughs> But I remember getting all that kind of stuff um, in in, uh, in them. And, you know, uh, talking about getting extras in your packages, uh, one thing I forgot to mention last weekend was that I got a retro gaming system from my family. It's the Atari. It's a lookalike for the Atari 2600. But instead of having the cartridges that you plugged into it, 
everything's built into the whole console. I mean, there's no cartridges, and you just scroll through it. It's got like 60 or 80 games built into it. You know, Asteroids, uh, Battlezone, um, Missile Command, you know, all these old classic uh, uh, Space Invaders, all the old classic games uh, from that. And um, it was interesting, when I opened the box, inside the box was an old Atari poster like you would see in the stores and it was for Missile Command. It would, you know, like when Missile yep. Command came out, you know, buy it now, buy Missile Command, and they had the big poster up in the store. That came in the box. That's they had awesome. they have different posters like that. So I, I, the extra stuff that you can get in with some of these things, the collectors type of stuff. You know, I know I know uh, he who shall remain nameless uh, doesn't like the idea of the CDs and the physical media and stuff like that. But I can agree with you on some of the extras that you get for things like that. It's really cool. You get neat little things. I mean, you got your little piece of tape there that came from the master. You know, you've got that. I've got my shopping bag that came with the Partridge family. And please send my send how much you hate me and how retarded you think I am <laughs> for saying that. But anyway, you know, and now I've got my Atari poster, which I think I'll probably frame and hang up someplace, much to my uh, wife's chagrin. <laughs> but I, I think uh, it's it is perfect. really cool. Yeah, but it's cool when you get those kind of extra things. Absolutely. In a- it, it makes you feel like you've actually spent money wisely. Uh, you know, you feel satisfied. You feel content with having something more. And just, you know, just on a side note, I'm going to throw out something there. CDs sound better than iTunes. And um, the reason why I turn around and say that, and this is up for anyone to do some comparison testing. Now, I, I used my, um, my high-end Technics Hi-Fi system. And I compared the Foo Fighters Wasting Light album with the iTunes matched copy. So this is this is the one that, you know, apparently it, it's matched. It's the 256 uh, kilobyte per second track that if I bought it on iTunes, I would have got it. Now, so it, it shouldn't be exactly the same as if I bought it in, in the iTunes store. Now, I compared them side by side and, and played one through the Apple TV which went through the Technic system, then I played the CD. And the CD was warmer, fuller, a more 3D sound. The iTunes version was tinny, lacking, and just... It, it sounded like it didn't have the balls to just, you know, rumble the house. And um, so that that's an interesting one that I'd like he who shall remain nameless to weigh in on. Uh, you know, often people say LPs sound better. I'm saying CDs sound better again than than uh, iTunes, and and that's a direct comparison with only one item, with with having the amplifier and everything set up the same way, same speakers set up. Just one came through the Apple TV, the other came through the CD player. You know, it's interesting to sort of see that difference, and it was a noticeable difference. And surprisingly, I even got Gretel to listen to it, and she said that she could hear the difference and she could pick out which one was which. And she's someone who doesn't care. You know, she's someone who, you know, she wonders why I'm going and, and looking at, you know, spending two and $3,000 to upgrade some audio equipment. And all I'm getting is basically a couple of speakers and a CD deck and an amplifier. And, um, you know, she, she doesn't get that whole concept. She doesn't get how LP sounds better. She likes the idea of looking at LPs and, and you know, reminiscing. But she doesn't get how it sounds better. So, or sounds, I, you know what, maybe better's a bad term, because perhaps it's not better, perhaps it's just different and it's more appealing. Um, you know, because 
I mean, CD doesn't sound as good as they say as LP, but it still sounds good if you run it through the right system. You know, you, you can li- you can listen to anything on a crap system, crap set of speakers, crap set of headphones, crap amplifier, and it's going to sound like crap. I mean, I think Kevin, I've had a a chat over over the time we've been doing Geekiest Show over where I've tested the output from the iPhone, the output from the iPad, and the output from the Mac, and the Mac the sound quality through to my uh, headphones, absolutely superb. Whereas I go to the iPhone and it's like I'm playing it inside a tin can. So there's certainly, you know, quality differences even amongst, you know, Apple equipment. Um, so it, it's interesting finding the, the sound that best suits your needs and sounds best for you i guess is really where it's at but just a direct comparison it was like it's even pushed me further now to buy physical copies because it's like okay i can tolerate that in the car when i've got my iphone with me and i just plug it in i can tolerate crap noise in the car that's not a problem but when i'm at home and i'm sitting in the most perfect position to my stereo and all i want to do is just sit there and listen and enjoy uh, that's when I want the best quality sound I can possibly get, you know. And just with the Foo Fighters album, I found that it was the CD. It wasn't the iTunes match. So be interesting if anyone else has any ideas or thoughts or whether anyone else has compared a, a CD versus iTunes match or even a CD versus an actual bought from, from iTunes. Apple says iTunes match is the exact same file, you know, so I'm just going on that. And... Uh, yeah. Well, you you know the I I can hear a difference between vinyl, and I can hear a difference you know between vinyl and CD or vinyl and digital. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to CD versus digital, like say from iTunes, the half dozen or so songs that I've purchased through iTunes or got for free, I can't hear a difference. My ears are that bad. I guess, you know, I can't carry a tune in a tin pail with a lid on top. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. But I cannot hear a difference at all. I mean, I, I know there are people that can. There are audio files out there that can, you know, they can tell you, oh, that was, in, they can even tell you the bit rate it was encoded at when they hear it. And and I think that's marvelous. But I'm going, okay, I can just tell you it's not vinyl because of the way it sounds. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't have that that little hiss noise or or the vinyl background noise, whatever it was that I got used to growing up. Yep. But I can't, you know, I couldn't tell you if it's a CD or iTunes or what it is. I can tell you it's digital versus vinyl, and that's about as far as I can go. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's certainly interesting, and I'm certainly no audiophile, uh, nor do I aspire to be one. I'm just someone who enjoys music and enjoys switching everything off and listening to it. Um, but it, it was just interesting to do a comparison and you could actually audibly hear it. I'm actually going to see if I can set up my microphone, the one I'm recording with now, set it up where I'd normally sit, play the, the, the same album side by side and the, the tracks that really accentuate this, this difference, get the LP version as well and do a comparison. And then I might even write up a, a full complete research article on it. Um, not from the scientific standpoint. I don't want to be going and putting waveform graphs or anything in that. I just want to be putting a couple of sound samples in and let the readers sort of see, well, what do you think? 
do you agree with me that this is a higher quality than what we're getting from iTunes? Um, or, or, you know, what's your take on it? And I'm, I sort of want to come up with a conclusion that way because it was noticeable. I didn't think it would be, to be quite honest. I really didn't think it would be. Uh, but then it comes down to the mastering, really, doesn't it? It comes down to who mastered it, how well they know the the uh, sort of output that they were mastering for. Um, you know, CD's been around for 30 years. iTunes has only been around for 10 years. Uh, the the Waste in Light album also wasn't ma- wasn't mastered for iTunes, so it's just straight. They didn't do the that new mastering for iTunes then, so I don't know if that's a difference. You know, I'm going to have to delve into it deeper and actually sort of find the comparisons and and see what other conclusions I can come out with because it's geeky, it's interesting. I don't, I, it's like who cares? You know, <laughs> you listen to it on whatever's more convenient, right? But it's just geeky to find out this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I can appreciate that part of it. I can appreciate the geekdom that comes with it and all that sort of thing. I just, yeah, I'm just not, I guess, I guess I, well, I'm not that much into music for various reasons, but I also blew out my ears, I think, listening to heavy metal in the 70s, so... (laughs) That might also have that, something to You know, do that's with. kind of the reason why I am not ever trying to be an audiophile um, and why, you know, I, I don't, you know, I won't be that pinpoint because, yeah, there is a bit of hearing loss on my side as well. But And, and that's why, again, I'm surprised that I could hear such an audible difference because I know that the hearing's sort of starting to go and fade away a little bit, so... That's one of those interesting things. You know what? We'll see. If in a few months I come out with this massive five to 10,000 word article that describes my experiences, you'll, you'll know what my final uh, thoughts are on the issue. But uh, uh, you know what? It's fun anyway. I don't care. And it's fun picking up the CD, popping it in. It's fun switching back and forth between iTunes just to see the difference. It's it's just fun. I love it. It's, just, it's another hobby I have. And, uh, you know... But, hey, I'm interested. Anyone listening, if you've got any thoughts on that, um, just send us some feedback, jsa at mymac.com. Uh, it can either be like a, the, the man who shall remain nameless. It can be an audio file. Or it can uh, just be some a, a, a letter-type thing that we can read out on the show and have a discussion on. So uh, we'd appreciate that. Now, you know, we sort of got some other feedback on last week's episode, but we didn't. Mark Shepard tricked me. That damn dirty bastard. He tricked me, Kevin. I'm pissed. (sighs) He got you good. Yeah, I I, I lost geek cred. Yeah, you even lost geek points for it, too. I I can't believe it. You know what, Kevin? I I, I was going to go on strike. I was going to say, right, we are not doing GSE until he opens the damn box. I was going to put that out there and say, right, no more GSE for him. Until he opens the damn box, and but doesn't that, that only punish? That doesn't that only punish uh, the listener or punish us? Doesn't really punish the listeners. They're getting a break from us. So. <laughs> oh, damn it! Merry Christmas, <laughs> bah humbug! <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it's just not fair. Anyway, Mark has said that he will open the damn box uh, end of January. So. Uh, February 1st, the first episode we do in February. Mark, we need unboxing pictures. If we haven't seen unboxing pictures, I'm going to yell at you again. 
So uh, I think I think we should take a road trip to go to his house so we can see the unboxing in person. <laughs> you know, look, all jokes aside, I just well actually no, th- this might end up being a joke. <laughs> I can't understand how he can have a brand new piece of gear that's wasted away in its first year's worth of warranty and not open the damn box. I just I've never come across anyone who can buy a computer and not open the box. I know people who buy it and then maybe they're busy over the weekend or maybe, you know, they're too busy to do it during the week and then they can't open it until they have a day off or something and and properly set it up. I understand that. But just having it sit there, I don't know, even for a whole month, it's like, what's going to be different in 30 days' time? I just... I'll tell you what's going to be different. The warranty's getting less and less. Uh, although, you know, it, it, you know what? Mike probably doesn't care. He, he, if he had a problem, he'd probably just buy another one anyway. And I don't know. Maybe he even buys Apple Care. So maybe he just doesn't care. I think what I should do is order you some new piece of kit. I don't know what it would be. Something new and exciting that you really want. And then seal it in some sort of something that you can see what it is. But you can't open it until some <laughs> specified future time, and then just watch you slowly go crazy. You know, we put a webcam in the box so we can see you slowly <laughs> going crazy. It's, I want to open it. 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 And just watch. You know, as Mark descends into madness and starts oh, writing you know, red room walls. You, you know what? I think I've already descended into madness, Kevin. That's uh, that's just me, isn't it? Yes, this uh, is true. Anyway, so, uh, Mr. Shepard, he tricked me. Naughty Mr. Shepard. Naughty, naughty, naughty. I will get him back someday. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I will get him back. No! <laughs> and one day those batteries are going to run out in that thing. Oh, oh no, dear. I have extra, I have oh, bag extra No, bag. no you don't. Don't tell me that. See, see. Oh God, listeners, he does. He's got a baggie of batteries. I mean, other people would have a baggie of pot. You got a baggie of batteries. <laughs> you, you know hey, that we're each his own. Whatever floats your boat, you're right. <laughs> you, you know that you know that we're geeks because we have Uh-oh. we have little bags. Still there? I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, I hear you. I hear you now. There we go. Um, you know what? Geekiest show ever was absolutely... Su- uh, Geekiest show ever was absolutely superb. Of course it is. It's the best show on the internet. No, uh, not another Mac podcast. When I recorded yesterday, four people. One of the best sound quality uh, shows I've ever produced, actually, um, over Skype. It was amazing. It just was very good. I did an update to Skype. You know that one you didn't want to update? I did that update, and Scope's been running a little bit better until now, of course, when it just wants to play silly buggers. I don't think Kevin can hear me. Yes, now I can. Now you can. Bloody Scope. You know, it was going really well. And at least we've got 45 minutes in, and then with Scott's five minutes, we've got... Look, we've only got to get through 10 minutes, Scope! For God's sake, let us do it! (laughs) It's getting better. It's improving. It must be since I've mentioned Skype, 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 Skype. Anyway, um, Skyletrix. 
Yes, you're, get electric. You're looking at getting some. What What are you looking at? Are you getting the full size or the smaller size? What What What's, what's your aim? I don't know. I've been, you know, I've been interested in getting something to get back into slot car racing, period. I just don't know what I want to get. And there isn't um, any high-quality sets that I've seen anywhere except for those. If anybody has any suggestions for high qualities other than scale electrics, let me know. But I've been looking at... They're kind of pricey, though, looking at the sets, at least in in my opinion. But again, you get what you pay for, much like the Mac computers that we use. You get what you pay for. So I don't mind doing it. I might have to wait a while after the Wii U purchase, um, build up a little bit of reserve before I jump into that. But um, it is it is pretty cool. And I thought about getting a small set that I could, much like the trains that I set up on the table occasionally upstairs, something I could set up, have up for a couple weeks. Family could gather around. We could have races and you know, do things like that for a couple of weeks, then take it down because the kids generally get bored with it after a couple of weeks. So, um, something that would fit on our dining room table. Yes, I said our dining room table because my wife is just that gracious enough to let me use a dining room table occasionally for a train layout or a, uh, or in this case, it would be for a race car setup. But um, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I'm looking for recommendations on what to get. I looked at some of their starter sets, but they looked really kind of more, they looked a little too starter-ish, I guess is the way to say it. I I don't know. Very very basic uh, layouts and setups and and your basic cars. I mean, I've got Carrera, which, and the reason why I've got Carrera over Skeletrix, I had Skeletrix as a kid growing up. I've got Carrera now because they are... merchandised with uh, Mario Kart, with um, Toy Story, with the Cars franchise, the Disney Pixar stuff. So for the kids, they're absolutely fantastic because you've got the little characters. Um, The thing with Carrera, maybe, on on the dining room table, is the cars are a little bit smaller, the track's slightly smaller um, than the Sky Electrics, so you may actually get a few more turns on the table. But pure quality wise, you gotta go Sky Electrics. Um, Carrera's good, but they're the secondary brand. They're not the the premier brand, in my personal opinion. Um, I love the the licensed cars, but at the same time, it's like yeah. Sometimes I just look at it and I go, I would have preferred a Carrera, uh, sorry, a Sky Electric set just for that reliability, that longevity. You know, the the constant working without having to do so much maintenance, that kind of stuff would be absolutely fantastic. Um, but then the, the cars are a little bit larger. So you, you sort of, I, I think, weigh up those two. Uh, I don't know any others that I'd recommend, but those two brands definitely. And, hey, if you can stretch the cash and if it fits on your table or if it fits wherever you want to lay it out... Um, then go the Sky Electrics all the way. Yeah, I like I said, I, I need to go look. I want to go check the local hobby stores, which is another interesting thing altogether. We used to have no hobby stores in the town I live in. Now we have like four. I don't know. Oh, I mean, it was like <laughs> we went from none to four in, in the matter of just a couple of years. And I went, what the heck, you know? So I need to go check some of them out um, for other reasons too. But I, I want to go check them out, see what they have. 
I most of the one, at least the hobby store that's closest to me, is part of a bigger chain. Their prices are kind of high, in my opinion, for for stuff. So it's always good to go and look and make sure that's the right one you want, then go online and just buy it and order it in. I mean, one of the problems I've got my local hobby store doesn't stock a lot of Hornby in in the train side of things, and they don't stock Carrera; they stock Scalatrics. Um, whereas uh, one store an hour and a half away from me stocks absolutely everything. Another store in, in the city of Sydney also stocks everything. So what I do is I sort of, you know, I'll go to them, have a look at the prices, then I go straight onto Amazon and see what I can import from the US cheaper. Because it's all compatible. So, uh, you know, as long as you have the, the right uh, ratio size car and, and uh, it's for the set track, then you've got no problem. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely shop around. You can get massively different prices on that kind of stuff depending where you get it from. Well, the uh, like I said, the one hobby store that's real close to me is part of a big chain here in the United States. There are two other, ind- I'll say, independent hobby stores, you know, mom and pop type of hobby stores that I that I want to go visit because even if it costs a little more, I don't mind patronizing a local business like that, you know, helping somebody and and do it because you get just like anything, you get great service out of these types of people when you do need it or something like that. So I'm happy to go do that. Um, I just need to take the time to go look and and see what they have. Um, I can't see where there's any local distributors for scale electric. So I, that may push me to have to order it in. I can't find anybody really local and local. I'm, I'm, I'm extending my circle out about 50 to 75 miles and I can't find anybody local that sells it. Um, that's that makes to, it difficult, doesn't it? Because yeah, then if you even have problems, you know, you, you want to make sure with this kind of stuff that you can get the spare parts. You want to make sure that you know if you do have problems with the truck or whatever, you've got warranty returns and and somewhere to call to say, hey, you know, this isn't working as it should be. Um, you know, it, it's not. It, it's like trains. It, really, any hobby, I guess. It's not a cheap thing to do. It's rather expensive. And when you decide to go and do it, you've got to, you know, go in feet first. You've got to, you know, spend the money and, and really commit to it. And, um, you know, so I, I can understand where you're at at the moment where it's sort of like trying to, to pick, do I go this route, do I go this route? Um, you know, sometimes I, I turn around now with, with the Carrera stuff and I think, you know, because all the local stores stuck the scale electrics, I should have just gone scale electrics. You know, it would have been simpler I would have been able to pick up the odd bit and piece, um, you know, like the, the, literally the, the local stores around me don't even stock the parts for Carrera, which is just really irritating. So, you know, if you need some, um, I forget what they call, but the brushes or the, something, brushes, the, the brush connectors for the track. Yeah. Um, if you need those, you can't even get them. So you've got a, you know, special order, everything in and, um, the only other brand that I've seen them stock is, I think, AFX. But oh, yeah. I've got no experience with that brand. They've got some cool accessories and some cool sort of, you know, little um, buildings and that that can go with the set and some cool sh- chicanes and stuff like that. But I know very, very little about them and, and whether they're good or not. AFX used to be a big brand here in the United States, from what I remember. And I think it was... Aurora AFX or something like that. 
because I think I had when I was younger, I had one or two sets that I used to have a beautiful layout that my uh, older sister gave to me when I was a kid that I just dearly adored. It was eight foot by four foot long or eight foot long by four feet wide, Mm -hmm. had two huge high bank turns, had a three high uh, loop or uh, thing that you went stack three tracks high. It was really cool. And we set it up in a spare bedroom in uh, uh, my mother's house where I was living when I was a kid, of course. And I kept it up for, I I guess, close to a year Mm -hmm. because we just shoved the bed over to the wall. Nobody (laughs) used that bedroom. And I put it up there. We used to play. My friends would come over. We always wanted to play. It had the coolest controllers for it. Instead of the gun controller, like, like most wheel? of them, that's no, no, not even the wheel. This looked like a gear shift. Looked like the gearbox. You had first gear, pulled it down into second, up over into third, and that's down true. into fourth gear. And I think it was a Tyco set, if I remember right. It's been a long time. But, man, I used to just love to go in there. We'd race that thing. It even had a little lap counter that it ran. It would run <laughs> I love those. And, and, and really, in, in slot car racing, that's the only way to really know if you've won or not because the cars go so fast around the track that you can't manually you know, keep count of it. It's near impossible. After you get past 10, you'd start to lose track of it. Well, this one, it had the little thing you set, like you said, okay, I'm going to set... Well, let's do 20 laps. So you set both dials. Oh, and whoever each. got to 20 first, then it just stopped. Well, no, when it got to 20, the, the every time it went by, it clicked the thing, and the little thing would tick by. Yep. And when it got to the 20th lap, it would tick by, and a little checkered flag would pop up on that side of the oh, track. Oh, that's nifty. That it is was so cool. really cool. And my biggest regret is we, we finally decided to take it down, and I was uh, went to get the box, and I was crawling across the track because it was in the floor. And I was crawling across the track, and somebody said something to me, and I turned too quick, and I slipped and fell. Oh. And I messed up, I messed up a bunch of the track. I mean, you know, it had, because it's plastic. It was plastic yeah. even back then. But, I mean, I still could run it, but I just couldn't run the full eight-foot by four-foot layout that I'd had originally. You could only, I could run, you know, like loops or or just the two high bank turns, but I, I didn't have the loop with all the high bank turns and all that stuff. Um, it was never the same after that. And of course, as the years went by, taking putting the track together and taking it apart, more and more the the locking pieces to it would would a tab would get broken oh, off. I hate that. You know, just and, you know, it got to the point there wasn't hardly anything left, and I could I had a barely a small loop that I could run it on, and it was like. Oh. It just killed me. And then the cars wore out, the gear shifts wore out and all that. But it was just so depressing when that set finally gave out completely. Yeah, no, it's one of those things. Even with the Carrera set, just in the move, and we've only had it a couple of years, just trying to get the the little, uh, you know, track locks um, to sort of come out without breaking them. It was a challenge and a half. They're just cheap plastic, really cheap plastic. And uh, they just break too easily. I actually have to order another bag of, of the connectors before I set it up again. The other thing that, that just reminded me with the Carrera set that we've got um, is that the high bank turns and that it's got that. The problem is Carrera are not good at loops and high bank turns. So if you sort of want something fancy like that, I wouldn't touch, touch Carrera. It was so bad, the set that we got, that my son... Could I, I could manage to get it through, you know, just sort of, you know, fluctuating on the control a little bit. 
Uh, but my son would never have a hope. So what I did was I just reset it up in a, a figure eight where it, it had a, a straight bit underneath and then it went up onto a, a sort of banked um, sort of pike turn. So it was like a, a straight section with a figure eight built in. And um, that tended to work. But, you know, the rest of it was just left in the box purely because it didn't... Um, the cars just did not hold on well enough in the Carrera set to the track. And, you know, when, whenever you're doing high bank or whenever you're doing uh, the uh, rotational uh, sort of uh, track layouts, you want them to hold on. There's, there's no point, you know, hey, I'm getting to the top, boom, and the car just yeah. falls down. That that just is, is absolutely pointless, and it just it kills you in the end. You just go, no, I don't, I don't want that. I didn't buy it for that purpose. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm leaning to Scarletrix to recommend that you go for them. They've got the name. They've had the name for years. Um, unless you specifically want certain branded cars, I'd stick with them. And I think that's that's the only reason to go for another brand is to get their specific branded cars. Um, I think really that that's the the key differential. Um, and look, you know, you're gonna get a little bit more life, I reckon, out of the Scarlet Tricks too. I think it's just a a better, you know set up better built system better supported system and look this is coming from someone who doesn't own a Scalatrix system at the moment um this is coming from someone with carrera so i'm not disappointed in carrera because the kids have fun with it the kids love mario they love you know the disney pixar cars and all that type of stuff but for me the big kid it's a little bit disappointing. It's like, yeah, you've got to run on a smaller track and it's not as much fun, you know, so. Yeah, no, I I, I can appreciate that. I need to, uh, I need to look and, and, and I'll do, honey, it'll probably take me four or five months to make up my mind oh, <laughs> before I just. Look, in any serious hobby does, you know, as I said, it took me like six months to find the LP plate that I want to, to purchase. I mean, you know, you, you take your time, you, you look at every possible, you know, opportunity. You watch a lot of YouTube videos and see what people who actually use them uh, are saying about them. Um, you know, and, that is and, one great thing about YouTube. Yeah. I know uh, I've used that for a lot of different stuff that I've bought in recent years. People are saying, you know, okay, here it is, and here's what happened to it, and and you get some genuine—I don't know how to say genuine. I guess genuine feedback. Um, you get some crap too. I'm not going to say it's all perfect. Yeah, but you get some genuine feedback. You get to see people using it in the way that you might actually use it, unlike they might show on a commercial or something like that. You yeah. know, not an ideal condition. They got it on a two, on a table that they built out of plywood or something like that, and it's in their basement and, you know, just different things like that. So, you know, yeah. real-world applications, I guess. So I do, and I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. And certainly if you do go the larger Scarlet Chicks cars, I'm not sure about the smaller ones, but the larger ones even have headlights. So when you actually race at night, it illuminates the whole track and everything. It just looks really cool. But your wife would probably kill me for even suggesting that because their their track is massive. The cars are, you know, really, really large. But, ah, oh, do they look good? I mean, I've been to one of the local hobby stores and they've got an entire figure eight table set up. And this thing is probably, uh, I'd, I'd say, three metres by by five or six metres in length. Um, 
so it's pretty massive and it's just impressive it's just a lot of fun to go and play it so yeah um yeah anyway uh, you know what, Kevin? That's uh, that's bringing us up to the end of the show, and we still had a couple of topics left. We still had Skylanders and Minecraft to to discuss, but uh, we might well, leave no. those till next week, maybe. Unless you think we can summarize them really quick, because no, I think I think they'd be good topics for next week. I think because yeah. I I delve in because I know more about Skylanders than you do. And uh, I, maybe I'll get a chance to delve a little deeper into Minecraft, too. Well, see, what I want then. to know is, if I buy Skylanders, should I get it on, like, the Wii or should I get it on the DS? And the reason, uh, the 3DS, I should say, the reason why I ask for what should I get, if I buy it on a format that only my... If it's a game that only my son's going to be interested in, then I'll buy it on the format that he plays most. If it's something that I'll get into as well, then I'll buy it on you know, the format that I want to have it on. So, you know, it's sort of a, a different way of looking at it. That's an easy question for you to answer. I thought I didn't know what it was until my son got into it. I like playing it. It is fun. We have it on the Wii. We have the little characters. We have the light-up base for it. We have all that stuff. It is a fun... It's kind of a... Um, uh, it's a nice shoot 'em up game without being overly gory and violent, and I'm sure you would have a blast playing it. But I really feel sorry for Nicholas if he beats you because I know how you are about being beaten <laughs> at games. So Actually, that, that you know, could you know be the, we, the other night we had the family over and we're doing four way Mario Kart, and uh, so anyway, we did we did four of the tracks, and this is on the Wii. And in, uh, and and uh, Nicholas he came first out of the. So he did the Mushroom Cup, beat everyone, beat absolutely everyone. Then the second time around, I beat everyone, and no one else could beat us. So, so we're sort of the gamers in the family. And But when I beat him, he started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you probably jumped around and cheered too, knowing how you are. Well, you know, and I told him to be a man and suck it up, and sometimes you lose and sometimes you win, and you got to deal with it. There's no room for tears. <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh, it, it Skylanders is a lot of fun. I've played a few times now with my son, and we really enjoy it. The characters are neat when you plug them in and you set them on the glow base, and it's just kind of neat. And the game's nice; it's a lot of fun. Now, my son's really enjoying another one, uh, Rabid Rabbits or something. Oh, like I love that those on. rabbits going. They're, they're absolutely superb. They're they're just stupid fun. Actually, the very first one where Rayman introduced the rabbits. Because it was it was really a, a Rayman game uh, that you know saw Rayman being uh, trapped and then having to work his way out of, of this sort of jail coliseum kind of thing. So he had to compete in all these mini games, and then after the Rabbids became so successful, well, they just basically dropped Rayman, which, which was good actually because they took Rayman back to his platformer days, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, but yeah, the first one was great, and I, I remember the, there's this toilet scene where they're they're sitting on the beach, and there's all these toilets, you know, they're, they're sort of you can imagine sort of like I don't know Fiji or something, um, you know how they've got toilets on the beach, and just with the sort of doors that close, just the the wooden wooden doors, and your aim is the doors blow open in the breeze. Your aim is to get the Wii remote and actually slam them shut in the order, and it gets faster and faster <laughs> as you go. And it's just absolutely hilarious. It's just, you know, there's rude parts, but they're not overtly rude. So, you know, your kids can enjoy it. And it's just 
fun. It's just a lot of fun. It's uh, really one of those great games that you've got to get if you've got a, a Wii system. Yeah, it's uh, he plays that a lot. But the, the, the other good thing about the Skylanders that you'll like is these cool figurines that you get to collect along with it. It's that that's that could pretty, get expensive though. I've looked at the prices of those and then they're not that they're not that bad. I mean <laughs> Well I, I don't I, think Okay, it, it depends how how bad you class bad. Um I mean it how how many do you have to collect though? I mean how how many are there in, in a Skylanders set that because when I go to the store it's like, oh my god, there's a wall and I'm not talking about a small wall, I'm talking about a big wall. There's a wall of these figurines and I'm like, Okay, you get three in the starter pack. So that's cool. But then the kids are one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. And then is it sort of like Pokemon where you can't get to somewhere and you can't do something until you have a certain Pokemon? Does, does it limit you if you can't... Does, does the game almost stop? Or not stop, but does it restrict you from opening a new part of the virtual world if you don't have that certain figurine? I have not come across that in the game at all yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the figurines give you different characters to play with and, and match against one another. We probably have... I, I say we. My son probably has a dozen or close to a dozen different characters uh, he got some gift cards for Christmas, and we went to a Walmart, and he picked up some there. They were, they were like ten nine ninety nine and eleven ninety nine for a lot of them. So I didn't think that was terribly expensive. I didn't think that was too bad. So for we'd, we'd pay were, about fifteen in in comparison to that. So when I when I look at that, then it sort of pushes the price. Ten dollars, yeah, you can sort of do occasionally. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, that's the type of thing you go without, you know, you're out and about and the kids say, oh, can we go to McDonald's or something? It's like, well, no, instead of going there, how about you get one of those? It's really cool. Take it home, play it. Uh, but at $15, you kind of, oh, it's kind of, you know, pushing what's what's reasonable at times. And, th- and that's the other I, thing, too. If you get it on the 3DS versus on the Wii, are the, the characters cheaper because they're smaller? So could could you actually make it more cost effective from a family point of view um, by going for the the 3DS version? I, I suppose then the the other question is: Would the enjoyment be there? Would it be as good on the 3DS as it is on the Wii? Obviously, you couldn't really do two players unless you had two 3DSs. You, you know, it, it's like oh, it's a challenging one, and I. I don't know whether I've left it so late in the game that it's now hard to get into this because there's so many more choices, so much decision. Because I know that there's a, a couple of different versions of the game out as well. And I don't really know whether they're more like expansion packs or whether they're new, fully-fledged games. Or, you know no, what? That, that, I need a noob alert for, <laughs> for Skylanders. I, I, I need a Skylanders 101. That's, that's what I need to uh, find out. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. I know, I mean, we got it, uh, and we've been playing it, and he got a lot of it for Christmas and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't even realize it was out for the 3DS. Um, so, I, you know, we've got it strictly on the Wii. It's on the Wii. It's hooked to the Wii upstairs, and it's just, it's really pretty cool. I, I have to say, I sat down and played with it a few times, and it's just a fun shooting game that I that I really enjoyed. And, um. 
I, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like on the other platforms. I hadn't even didn't even like I said, I didn't even know it came on other platforms mm. other than the Wii U. I mean I knew it came Wii U, PS three and um you know, three Xbox three sixty. I think it comes on all three of those. I'm not yeah. sure, but and it, it even comes on just the ordinary DS as well for those people who haven't updated to the three DS. Um, so it, you know, it, it makes it hard now. Obviously, I'm not going to go if it's for the kids. I buy it on the original DS, um, but if it's for me, I buy it on the three DS. Um, so it's just one of those things. It's, it's complicated, but uh, you know what? Maybe you can come up with an easy introduction for me for next week on what I need to buy to to sort of make it enjoyable and and sort of enjoy it straight out of the box. You know, if I buy just the starter pack, is that going to be enough? Should I buy the starter pack and a couple of figures? And, and, and the figures, I take it, have different powers and everything as well. So maybe you could advise me on a couple of the cool figures that you guys have come across with some of the better ones to get, so that I'm not going and buying the duds and and uh, you know can't well, get the I'll, good ones. I can I can tell you this so far, I haven't hit a dud. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I haven't either, hit a dud. They've either, all been good. Either you're picking well, or the game's just really, really good in general. Oh, not that kind of picking, right? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Listeners, we have just gone to nose picking. Kevin just shoved his <laughs> finger up. To pull his brain out. So on that uh, note... <laughs> that would imply I had a brain. And no, I didn't put my finger in my nose. <laughs> on the side of my nose. Just like Jerry Seinfeld. It was not a pick. It was not a pick. <laughs> yes, but only I know that. See, we're not sending out the video. But I took screenshots. Oh, God. You've, all, you've always got to one-up me, don't you? Well, I wanted the screenshot of the spider crawling across the top of your head. Oh, good lord! Hey, Kevin, what's the sh- what's the show uh, title for this week? We haven't come up with a show title yet. We haven't said anything spider- rude enough. Spider on Mark's head. I don't. You know, I That's don't know. A, that, no, that doesn't work. Uh, how about those eight eight legged geek freaks? There we go. Hey, that's a good one. Eight legged geek freaks. I like that one. Let me just write that down. Before I forget, eight-legged geek freaks. And uh, to find out where you can find your eight-legged geek freak, Kevin, uh, where can they find you crawling around on the web? They can crawl. Uh, my eight-legged freak freakiness will be uh, can always be found on twitter.com forward slash big underscore in underscore va where i award and remove geek points from those as i feel appropriate yes Um, i know mark Mark tends to lose more than he gains (laughs) but uh and that's mark greentree mr shepherd tends to gain more than he loses but anyway you can find me there if you want to go over and see what else i might have been into or up to or have accidentally stepped in uh go over to about.me forward slash kevin alder Fantastic. And if you want to find out where I spin my web and do my stuff, simply head across to markgreentree.com. It's got links to everything I possibly do and uh, more than enough information about me that you really don't want to know about. Uh, for anything related to the show, simply head across to geekishshowever.com. And feedback, of course, would be appreciated on iTunes or just send us an email, gse at mymac.com. Well, thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week. Take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. 
Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realized that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours.